Real Talk, why Nova Scotia loves real Christmas trees, from the Christmas Tree Council of Nova Scotia. It's Jillian Blackburn here, I'm your host and the resource assistant here at CTCNS, and I'm helping you dig into the Christmas tree industry by interviewing producers from all around Nova Scotia. Last episode, we discovered Ruby's Trail and Traveling Rocks in New Ross, Nova Scotia. Our guest, Marty Murphy, shared a special story near and dear to his family and community. We explored how he created a memorial trail that is now shared worldwide. Producers can also learn from Marty and Gordon Tate as they discuss the process of adding value to your property or Christmas tree lot through trail systems and community support. There's lots to entertain yourself and learn about on our podcast. Last season, we dug into the basics of how to keep your trees in tip-top shape for the holiday season, whether you're a producer or a consumer. We explored why and where trees are donated around the province and to the neighboring countries. We learned some tricks of the trade, and we heard some great stories from the producers themselves. If you haven't heard already, check them out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. The Lunch Break series is a free educational video session held every month with topics of establishing lots, shearing, interpreting soil testing, grading, safety, mental health, and most recently, Christmas tree weed identification. These sessions are hosted through Zoom the last week of every month over the noon hour and are also available on the Christmas Tree Council NS YouTube channel. The next episode is May 25th and you can email Brittany at outreach at ctcns.com to register. In this episode, we're interviewing Jackie McDonald and Sean Scott, nursery manager and owner of Scott and Seward Forestry Consultants Limited. We're starting at the beginning, learning where your beautiful Nova Scotia balsam fir Christmas tree starts their journey from seed to baby balsam and into the ground at their own farm or to many other local producers in the province. Of course, Scott and Seward grow more than just balsam fir seedlings. Their variety is large, healthy, and rapidly growing. A couple of us from our research team were able to have a safe on-site visit and discover the process and techniques ourselves. Let's learn some more. So, so the company that owns the firm is Scott and Stored Forestry Consultants Limited. A little history on the firm. Uh, this was a mixed farm back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, uh, a family uh, bought the firm and they continued on as a mixed farm in the 60s but they got into growing tomatoes in greenhouses back in the uh, in the 60s. Uh, sometime in the mid 60s they were encouraged to grow seedlings, uh, four seedlings for uh, the pulp mill down in uh, Point Tupper which was at that time called Nova Scotia Forest Industry and today it's called Paroxberry Paper. So this this farm here grew uh, spruce seedlings for them throughout the 60s into the 70s and through the 80s and uh, we stepped in the scene in uh, in the early 90s. We purchased the, the nursery from uh, that family and uh, we, we grew, uh, continued on to continue to grow spruce seedlings for uh, reforestation projects in Nova Scotia and uh, that takes us right up till today. During the whole course of that, uh, every year this nursery produced a few balsam fir seedlings that were, were always sold to Christmas seed growers in the 
local area. I don't think there was a year that, that there wasn't some Christmas tree seedlings uh, produced. Not in many numbers initially, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the numbers in, in, in a bit. The nursery products have been diversified a lot since we've taken over. Uh, the nursery today produces Hascap berry plants. Um, it uh, also produces a lot of hardwoods and shrubs for uh, environmental reclamations and uh, a lot of the uh, river associations buy those seedlings from us. Uh, it's diversified in the uh, Christmas tree world. Uh, initially, in, throughout many of the years, we produced balsam fir, but more recently we've started to produce Fraser fir. And real recently, we've got into uh, Noble fir and Grand fir, and we just made our first uh, seeding yesterday with Nordman fir. So we're 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 diversifying as, as much as we can, and uh, so production-wise, uh, the nursery has produced uh, produces about three million seedlings a year, of which uh, you guys are interested in the in the balsam fir. Uh, this year we've seeded out about six hundred thousand. Uh, fir seedlings, not all balsam, uh, Fraser, and like I said, some of the others, but about 600,000 seedlings, uh, to respond to the uh, very increased demand in, in, in fir seedlings. If we look at the history a little bit, uh, you only have to go back to seven or eight years there to, to look at where it was very difficult to sell a Christmas tree seedling. Uh, Christmas tree growers weren't getting very good prices and demand wasn't high for the for the natural Christmas tree and therefore they weren't planting. But in recent years there's been tremendous interest in purchasing seedlings and interplanting in their lots. So the, the Christmas tree production which comes from producing seedlings as well as we, we have Christmas trees on 200 acres that we produce Christmas trees on, uh, that represents about 10% of, of what Scott and Stewart does. The, the remainder is all about putting in spruce plantations and growing them and woodlot management and harvesting forest products so so the christmas tree line or the christmas tree division in our in our company is is about 10 percent of what we do christmas trees uh our christmas trees that we produce in the field uh are sold are sold a bit sold locally but for the most part are sold through brokers that find the trees find their way into the uh into the U.S. So, okay. mm-hmm. and that made, that's made quite a difference in your guys' production. Have you had to expand much? Absolutely much? expanded here in the last three or four years, like I say, to catch up to the demand. We have a waiting list for seedlings right now. Yeah, we can't keep up to the demand. Last year we were around half a million. This year we're, like Sean said, around 600,000. And uh, we may have to ramp up even more mm-hmm. in the future. That could go exponentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we went probably from... 200,000 to 400,000, then to 500,000, like, so it just exploded, uh, uh, you know, just right. in a very short yeah. period of time, so. Most of that demand coming from Christmas tree growers or new buyers or? All the fur I mentioned there is uh, is coming from Christmas tree growers, and uh, we noticed here in the last little bit, uh, the calls we're getting are from new Christmas tree growers, which is really good to hear. Uh, some younger folks getting into the industry are starting to order seedlings from us. I was talking to a, a young gentleman yesterday that came back from out west. He's he's had a little bit of a tree lot on their family farm, but he's expanding it and he's looking to get some site preparation done and, and plant fir. So awesome. uh, real good, yeah. real real good stuff. We did some calculations there about a week ago that our nursery here, the one that I described, uh, you know, has produced about a hundred million seedlings, right? And since we've purchased it, and and that is that is something that we're very proud of. 
another thing, there's two other things that, that make me proud with this nursery. Uh, the second one is uh, we put, uh, this is in the reforestation context, but we planted uh, seedlings that we grew in the early 90s, and we're out there right now commercially thinning them, producing stud wood and pulpwood from these these plantations that we put in. Mm-hmm. And that is that is really really feels good where you actually planted the tree, you, tent, you planted the seedling, you tended the seedling, and eventually your machines are, are cutting the, the, the wood that's come from it. Same, th- same thing applies in the Christmas tree industry. We've been, like I say, the nursery has been producing Christmas tree seedlings for a long time. So when we go out and every once in a while I get a chance to go out on a woodlot owner's lot and he says, that's your stock that came to me and, and, and the trees look really good and, and that's very satisfying as well. Those are a bit of the satisfying stuff. Well, I, I the 100 million tree thing is, is pretty awesome. And, and uh, I always felt that we were sort of a nursery that was fairly innovative whenever we needed to pivot and do something different through the years we've been able to change our growing regimes and do different things and and pivot to different types of products and different types of things so you know one thing we're kind of moving into a little bit are like kind of a larger stock balsam fir for some of christmas tree growers that that demand that product Mm -hmm. and and uh, of course the Haskap is another thing it's not related to the christmas trees but that's been a nice part of our operation and to propagate the Haskap, we have a greenhouse where we do vegetative cuttings and we're able to do a lot of hardwoods and different projects for environmental groups and what have you with with that greenhouse as well so for like reforestation and everything like that yeah different projects uh willow uh different trees that people will take the cuttings off and give them to me and i'll root them and send them back to them and some some places like federal government and shetty camp there for their parks they wanted their own plant material put back in, so the cuttings made perfect sense for them. Where do you get your seed source? Where does your seed source come from? Um, or, or if there's a process before that. So most of our seed comes from, uh, most of our balsam seed, balsam fir seed, comes from uh, three uh, seed orchards that are located in the Maritimes. Each province has a seed orchard, and 95% of our balsam fir seed comes from that orchard, those orchards. It's purchased from the, the, the governments that have those orchards. So again, 95% of what we seed here is what we call improved seed. The other 5% is stuff that we collect locally. Um, those are collected off of uh, trees that are, have been selected by us that are, are displaying the uh, desired traits that Christmas tree growers wish, such as upward branching and good foliage, good color foliage, long needles, bottle brush. All these are characteristics that Christmas tree growers look for when they grow their trees. The late flushers is another one. We'd like to say that all the trees, both coming from the orchards and coming the little bit that we collect on our own, is all coming from trees that have been selected for all those desirable traits. So, so we feel we, we are producing as good a quality genetic tree as we possibly can with what's out there. So. so the next process is the, once I have the seed, we usually get our seed in the, in the late fall, and then usually in January I start a stratification process for the seed. Uh, essentially what I'm just trying to do is mimic nature to try to, try to allow the seeds to germinate more evenly and uh, quicker. So essentially what I do is I soak the seed in water and I go through a freeze-thaw cycle, Mm -hmm. just like you would do if you seeded them in the fall. Then we take them in uh, the 
I think it was the 1st of March, and we uh, put them through the seed line, and we seeded them into uh, 30, 65 jiffies. And that's the first house we seeded. Uh, we went into house six there, and the, those balsam fir are coming up. Those have been up for about three weeks now. We're, on Monday, we're gonna start thinning them. So what we do is we send a crew in, and they'll pick out uh, any of the doubles, and make sure that the tray is full, and then we we grow grow the trees on for the rest of the year. Right now, we're putting on uh, fertilizer on that greenhouse eleven forty one eight, and now that allows the roots to grow and develop. And then another week or so on our schedule, we'll switch it over to a twenty eight twenty forestry fertilizer, which allows the trees to grow. We want to try to get as much height in the trees as possible. And probably the second week of June, we will turn lights on and we'll try to keep the trees growing without shutting down through the season. One of the one of the things about balsam fir and Fraser fir, they will set bud very easily right in the middle of summer because that's sort of the natural way of them growing. Daylight hours. So we're, we're trying to push them through that to try to get as much height on them in that first year. So when we get into the fall, once we do reach the height requirement we have in the trees, I will shut the lights out, take the fertilizer away, and balsam fir are very easy to shut down. <laughs> so they'll set bud and then we will proceed into the fall where we'll we may cut them and ship some, or we will uh, overwinter them here. Our overwintering now is we use uh, pallets and plastic. So we set the trees on the ground once they're hardy to minus 15. We set them on the ground in the field and we cover them over with pallets and put the plastic on top, the white plastic with the black. It's as close to cold storage as we can get. Yeah. So it, yeah. it works really well. And then in the spring, you take that off and the trees look identical to what they were when you put them in in the fall. Mm -hmm. so. so the duration of time that they spend in the greenhouse to the winter and then to the consumer is just that year cycle or is there For some customer it's a year cycle mm -hmm. and for other customers it's a year and a half cycle. It just depends upon the customer. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And we were saying we were trying to catch up. Um, we're trying to get as many ready for early spring as we can for 2022. It's just really hard to keep up because we have more orders now than what we can deliver for the time being. Mm -hmm. So so people are ordering now for next spring and you have orders from last spring going out now or have they already gone out? We have orders that are going to be going out uh, some soon within the next couple of weeks and then some in June and then a lot in the fall okay. of this year and right. then then the cycle starts again. From there on, so you guys obviously have your own Christmas tree lots and you probably plant your own seedlings, I we, imagine. We do, we do plant our own seedlings, yes. <laughs> so do you want to take me through uh, just step-by-step step the planting process and how Christmas tree seedlings are planted? Christmas tree seedlings are planted just like any other seedling, like any other reforestation seedling. Um, our planters use today what they call a speed spade so it's a little spade uh, that has a it's, it's very small so it's it's very simple process but but in saying that if you don't know what you're doing you can plant a pretty poor poor tree so our tree planters are, are trained and we have a probably about 40 tree planters of which work mostly on reforestation stock but they do put our christmas trees in when when we have stock to go in 
And basically they have bags, which they transfer the trees from the trays that Jackie talked about into their bags. Uh, they then will go in into where the tree, the, the Christmas trees are. And in our case, we do a lot of interplanting we in our in our tree lots we we're, we're not about as much making plantations we actually take trees and we go through the lot and where we harvested trees last year we'll plant a new tree so we call that interplanting we go through and try to bring the stocking up in our lots when the planter plants a tree uh he makes a he makes a cut with the shovel they sort of refer that to a c cut but but anyway he makes a cut in the in the ground and he will place the, the seedling in the ground. And one of the most important things that when you're planting a tree is that, number one, that the roots come in contact with the soil. You can't leave any air spaces. Number two is that when you leave the seedling, after you put him in the ground and made sure his roots are in contact with soil, that you make sure that the seedling is covered, the roots are covered. At the top of the, we call them plugs, the top of the plug is covered. Uh, if not, that, that tree will dry out on you very quickly. So although it sounds simple, really, really good tree planters, really good quality tree planters are, uh, are, are very valuable in our, in our company. And uh, after the thing about tree planting, it seems very difficult when you start out with it. But as you do more repetitions and more repetitions, you get very good at it. You get very fast at it. And eventually your quality and speed is, is exactly where we want it. It's, it, it's very good. So, but our trees are, uh, they're, they're trucked to the, the site from the nursery in, in a tree truck that's covered. One thing I can tell Christmas tree growers that are going to plant seedlings and they're picking them up at a nursery is make sure you come or have a truck that you can kind of put them in an enclosed space. Uh, dry, dry, warm winds are not good on seedlings. So if you're trucking them at any distance at all, uh, make sure that you have an enclosed, uh, and that can be simply as a, as a, one of those things they put on the back of a half ton that covers the top of the half ton, right? But, mm -hmm. but don't travel down the road at big speeds and warm days with uh, seedlings on the back. It, it, really, it really sets the seedling back. And the other thing when we're talking about planting seedlings is uh, you can't, uh, dry seedlings don't work very well. You won't get very good success uh, if your seedlings are dry. So if you are picking up seedlings from the nursery, make sure they're, they're, they're wet. And when I say wet, you should be able to pick up the plug that you pick them up in, squeeze water out of it. If you're not squeezing water out of it, your tree is probably going to go to where it's, it's too dry. So just a damp seedling in the plug is not good enough. You have to really make sure they're wet for that short duration that you have them before you put them in the ground. So. And is that soaking them overnight before you plant them? Yeah, you can yeah. soak them uh, in, in this time of year, of course, we got lots of water around and you don't have to water seedlings. But, but when, you, when you're getting into the, you know, the middle of May, into June, dry days, um, it doesn't hurt to water your seedling every, every day while you have it. You're only going to have it for a very short time from the time you pick it up at the nursery till, till the time you uh, 
planted in the ground. Uh, so if you have them for a few days, just make sure they're wet. Just make sure you can squeeze water out of them and it doesn't hurt to water them uh, once a day. Uh, how do you water them? You can water them with a garden hose, you can water them with a fire pump. If you don't have any of that, you can actually take them and just dip them in a little pond. Uh, don't, don't leave them there very long, just dip them until they get wet and then set them back. So the main thing is that they, they, they are wet going in the ground, that they're not dry because uh, we don't know what's going to happen the day after you put them in the ground. It can be very drying conditions, and if that seedling can't react and get moisture into it, it it's the chance there that it won't do that well. So I'll go back to the seedlings. So on your website it says that your seedlings are high quality, genetically superior. What makes that, and what do you... So all our seeds, especially our balsam fir seeds, come from these provincial orchards. Mm-hmm. Those orchards have, were established by Christmas tree growers picking out what we call a plus tree. So they go out in the field, they find a really nice tree that that has all those desirable characteristics that a Christmas tree grower wants. And like I mentioned before, you know, the foliage, the uh, upright branching angle, the late flushers, the, all those characteristics that Christmas tree growers. Uh, so all these orchards... Christmas growers have have gone through and selected trees for that or those orchards. Those trees were then scions were taken off those trees and then they were grafted in these clonal orchards. Those are the or that's the orchard where the trees are in that were selected that are producing the seed that we put in our containers to germinate. So that seed has to be uh, genetically superior than the seed that's just coming out open pollination from the wild. The clonal orchards, it's open pollination, but it's selected trees that are pollinating each other in that orchard, and that seed certainly has to be genetically superior over over just a natural balsam fir tree out in the wild that's dumping seed into your woodlot. So mm-hmm. so that's where that brand comes from, is that we, and, and 95, like I mentioned earlier, 95% of our balsam fir seed comes from one of those orchards mm-hmm. so great are you always looking for more or do you just stick with those orchards most of the time well orchards are very expensive and very <laughs> time consuming to set up and there's there's truly only for balsam fir there's truly only one orchard in uh, new brunswick that's at king's clear that we know of there's an orchard in pei at their in charlottetown and then nova scotia has kind of a, a couple of orchards uh one is in debert which is an older orchard but mm-hmm. uh, still produces seedlings and we've purchased seedlings from the government from that orchard in the past and there's been uh, and you guys are familiar with this there's been all the work with the with the smart tree and there was an orchard in Plumbingdale uh, and so that was an orchard too that's not a production orchard though the Plumbingdale one that's that's specifically to do with this smart tree program and uh, this nursery here is uh, is excited Uh, it appears that we're going to get our first emblings they're called emblings because they come from somatic embryogenesis, but our first emblings from the Smart Tree program in the next little while. So we're excited about having the opportunity to grow those genetically superior trees uh, for the Christmas Tree Council uh, of Nova Scotia. Has COVID-19 affected your business or your operation? Well, COVID has changed a lot for certainly our nursery and for, for Scott and Stuart just because of the, the trying to keep workers safe. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things have changed. Things have become more expensive to do, you know, to take longer. You had to do a lot of cleaning and, you know, face masks mm-hmm. and, and everything else. So 
you know, we, we followed the protocols and we were able to get through last season, you know, quite successfully. Mm-hmm. But like every other business, uh, I know that every other business was faced with extra costs of operating. Overall, nurseries are one and forestry is another and agriculture one that you can socially distance and you can work safely. We're and, lucky. Uh, yeah. And we're all lucky that we're able to do that. So there's some people not so lucky. So we were fortunate to be able to keep people working and work ourselves. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I might add to that that uh, in, in, a po- in, in kind of a positive way, COVID has in, in some way has, has created a demand a little bit, I think, for... It's almost similar to what's happening with lumber. There's a demand because people are working at their homes during COVID. Their home, they're able to build projects, and I and I think Christmas trees a little bit has get a little push from that as well, uh, with people wanting to have a real tree in their house. And uh, so I think that has pushed demand up a little bit on COVID. Like Jackie says, our, our over our whole company, there there's a huge cost in trying to work safely, and uh, in some of our revenue streams, uh, the demand has been down, but not on the Christmas tree side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Has the demand been higher too for regular homeowners, like you said? Yeah, there's been a lot of demand. We we do we do a lot of like mail order trees, and and uh, you see when you come in, you'll see orders that people are picking up. That has really increased. A lot of people are wanting to do planting and things around their home. So uh, so we've tried to respond by trying to seed out more hardwoods and different types of trees that homeowners and people would want. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we do yeah. fruit trees and yeah. shrubs and different things. Yeah. So, we so everything a regular homeowner would want. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's the other thing. I guess we love to hear stories from the industry, too. Is there anything funny or crazy or wild or anything that's happened around here that you want to share? <laughs> There's some wild things, but I'm not sure we can yeah, talk well, about them. I don't know if we want to talk about that. <laughs> much fun going on here at all. No, we're a very, very serious group, right? <laughs> anyway, there's lots of stories, uh, you know, in the reforestation game where, you know, bears have come on sites and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, planters were going, running away or whatever, oh and, uh, you know, or moose. We have pictures, actually, of moose coming right up in behind planters, uh, right behind them. Um, really? Anyway, for the most part, uh, the, the wildlife uh, doesn't bother anybody, but there's mm-hmm. a fair amount of examples of interaction of wildlife and, and our people that work in the woods. But uh, anyway, sometimes people get scared and run, and mm-hmm. so we have stories like that. But other than that, I can't, I can't <laughs> no, get the only, the too only, many stories. The only thing we have here is the odd time if you come here in the middle of the night, which sometimes the alarm will go off and you go in the greenhouse and walk up and the first thing you'll see is black and white because it's a skunk. <laughs> so, so a few times that's happened and uh, you basically take a heart attack trying to go to the way, but other than that. In the greenhouse? With yeah, you? they can get in. They work oh their way gosh. in. So. so you just let them meander out there. Yeah, you don't try to move them out no. yourself. <laughs> you want them to go on their own. Yeah. You've had deer in the greenhouses. Really? Yeah. Does the door left open or something and they... They ran right through the side, actually. It was a fawn. I think it still had spots on it. And uh, it ran through the side. We had bird netting on on our houses. Whenever we seed, we always have bird netting to protect the seed from birds. And it ran right through and sort of got caught in the... So, but it was okay. It got out. But other than that, we're pretty... Pretty tame people. Pretty tame people. (laughs) (laughs) So... Oh, well, that's great. 
Thank you very much, guys. A huge thank you goes out to Jackie and Sean for giving us a tour and teaching us all about the process and skills involved in producing seedlings that make our Nova Scotia famous Christmas trees. At Scott & Stewart, top quality trees are priority in seedlings and fully grown Christmas trees. As we heard and are learning throughout the other CTCNS resources, growing your own Christmas trees for personal or for production is just at your fingertips here in Nova Scotia. We will be hearing from Jackie and Sean again in the Women in Agriculture episode. And for more information about Scott & Stewart, visit their website at scottandsteward.com. The Balsam Fur Form is a membership-based website that includes educational content from over 15 professionals across Canada and the United States. It was developed to help Christmas tree growers learn important skills that will make their businesses grow and be more successful. With your subscription, you can access all the educational content and resources at your convenience when it suits you best for one full year. North American growers from Nova Scotia to Alberta and Alabama to Arizona are taking part you can join the forum by registering at balsamfurform.com and finding the links on the Christmas Tree Council social media and website. We hope to see you there. Another evergreen seedling producer in Nova Scotia is TD Nurseries and New Ross. And Nova Tree and Glenholm sell seed for fir, spruce, pine, larch, and cedar trees as well. In the upcoming episodes of Real Trees, Real Talk, Why Nova Scotia Loves Real Christmas Trees, we'll be digging into the history of the Christmas tree industry checking out some local destinations, and some added value alternative projects for evergreen producers and the public. Along the way, some of the growers will be telling us some entertaining stories from their experiences in the field. Do you want to know more about the Christmas tree industry and where you can find more information about your Nova Scotia famous Christmas trees? Visit the CTCNS website at iloverealtrees.com, ctcns.com, and our social media outlets where you can find updates, contests, and education on the Christmas tree industry here in Nova Scotia. I'm Jillian from the Christmas Tree Council of Nova Scotia, and tune in next time for more tree talk that you'll never forget.